he is a physical therapist. I was a patient. We're both familiar with the process of rehabilitation uh, treatment. And we found that there is a really, really big pain in this process and something we can provide value. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. And if you are an innovative healthcare company and you are looking to unlock the key to market penetration success, then check out the Positioning Alignment Workshop. Basically, you give me 90 minutes and I will give you the secret to successfully selling healthcare technology, devices, softwares, platforms, or innovative ways of delivering care. Many healthcare technology device or SaaS companies have one of two problems. Either they have a hard time getting decision makers to actually give them any time, or they easily generate calls and stuff, but then they get uh, this response. And let me know if this sounds familiar to you. Um, your idea sounds interesting, but I don't think it's a fit for us. Or it sounds like a neat tool, but I don't know if it'll work for us in our clinic. Obviously, either of those problems for healthcare tech, technology, device, or SaaS companies is a problem. Low numbers of sales and conversions uh, means that the company itself continues to burn through any cash reserves or investments gathered to date. Faster burn rates also mean a shorter runway and a runway that gets shorter every time a prospect declines a call or doesn't make a buy decision. So the question is, how can you drive effective conversations with qualified leads? It all starts with what I call the positioning alignment workshop. This workshop helps you develop a truly effective value proposition for your healthcare technology device or SaaS company. It hinges on helping you answer the question, value to whom? We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but there are four different stakeholders in healthcare. They all value things differently. So in order to effectively position your solution to the right audience, you need to answer that question, value to whom? By narrowing down value to whom, you'll have a clear idea of how your technology device, software, or service delivery model is positioned to solve the problem faced by the specific stakeholders you want to attract in healthcare. If you want to learn more about that, head on over to positioning.rehabupracticesolutions. That's positioning.rehab, the letter U, practicesolutions.com. All right. This week, we are exploring the world of physical therapy again, technology-enabled care. For those of you who missed the webinar that we hosted a, a while back last week on technology-enabled care and what the research says about it, you can find that under the uh, insights page on the website, rehabupracticesolutions.com. Click insights. There's a, there's a tab there for webinars. Scroll down to the technology-enabled care. Uh, click the button to view it, and you'll be good to go. Um, so anyway, this is in the same vein 
Our guests this week, I've got two of them, are Shai David, who is the CTO and co-founder of a company called WiseCare, and Yara Dror, who is the business development officer for WiseCare. Basically, their goal is to improve physical rehabilitation, so PTs, OTs, etc., through automated in-clinic and virtual care models. So they do that through a a platform that leverages visual uh, visual algorithms and algorithmic learning, um, virtual reality, telehealth, uh, AI, and the like. So we have a wide-ranging discussion on making the experience of receiving physical therapy treatment less ornery or troublesome. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation about technology-enabled care, specifically in the musculoskeletal and physical rehabilitation space. Without any further ado, here is Shai and Yara talking about technology-enabled physical therapy. Well, hey, Shai and Yara, welcome to the show. How are you? We're good, hi. Happy to be here. Yeah, good morning. We're, we're, we're happy to have <laughs> you. So we want to talk about wise care and kind of artificial intelligence and technology uh, in healthcare. But before we do that, Shai, why don't we start with you and then Yara will move on to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background and what brought you to what you're doing now with WiseCare? Sure, happy. Um, so I started my way as a software and algorithm developer in the what's called um, wireless telecommunication military market. Okay, I have been there for a couple of years in development, mainly uh, roles some of them management, then move forward to product management. And it, in my background, I had a car accident. So so that happened. And so uh, what happened is after a couple of years, I have a very good friend. He's not here on the podcast, but his name is Roy Stern. And he's the CEO of WiseCare. So he's a physical therapist. I was a patient. We're both familiar with the process of rehabilitation uh, treatment. And we found that there is a really, really big pain in this process and something we can provide value to. So we both um, decided that uh, we want to jump in into this pool and, uh, you know, start uh, swimming in the water and provide value to this patient. Meaning our main mission was to help patients get better, get to better outcomes, faster recovery and do that in a kind of if i may say fun way okay that was back then all right cool deal and yara how about you i think you're on mute yara (laughs) Uh, i'm sorry (laughs) so i'm an accountant by training uh worked more than a decade uh, in ernest and young uh, manage team of advisors to do all kind of uh, M&As and IPOs, um, basically uh, helping companies to raise money and uh, and fund their companies. After uh, 10 years or so, I wanted to see how it's like to really work for a company and not just to advise, to give advices. And then I moved to work at a startup called Aviation Aircraft, building all electric aircraft. I've been the chief of staff of the company. After that, uh, I moved to the healthcare industry, working with a company that builds all electric, uh, sorry, uh, built robotics, uh, biological robotics systems. 
both of these companies had a long-term vision, uh, uh, products that are about to be in market in, in the future uh, needs to have uh, a lot of regulation. Uh, and by moving to Wisecare, a company that really does something that helps people now uh, to get a better treatment, a better care, to help the clinicians to take a better care of their patients. Uh, this is what I liked about Wisecare and moved to work here two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned how long it takes. It's it's funny how how long like quote unquote startups are. They'll work, you know, 10 years before their their product sometimes is even allowed to be employed in, in the marketplace, specifically for healthcare, just because of all the regulations. It's kind of um kind of intense. So very mm -hmm. high level, why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh what does wise care do? And then we'll kind of dive into the the nitty-gritty about using AI and technology and uh, to streamline the care. So, Shai, do you want me to take that? Yeah, please. Sure. Okay. So, uh, just as an overview, Wisecare is a startup company founded in 2018. Uh, it's a digital health provider based on advanced AI technology. The company is at the forefront of using advanced AI uh, and highly accurate movement tracking to provide virtual physical rehabilitation care to patients, thereby improving patients' clinical outcomes and of course, increasing treatment efficiency and the bottom line for healthcare providers and, and payers. Um, you probably know that roughly that the market is crowded with companies offering simple telehealth solutions, targeting healthy individuals with wellness or fitness and, and prevention programs. But Wisecare has taken on the mission to change the way physical rehabilitation is provided as a medical treatment to clinically infirm populations. That The platform today is being used by leading Israeli and uh, U.S. healthcare providers and health systems. We have more than 100,000 patients and 10,000 uh, clinicians using the system today, oh, wow. worldwide, including physical and occupational therapy treatments. So that's like on in an overview about the company. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about the problems and and why we're doing that, or just to deep dive into what is the platform and and the solution? Sure, I guess let, let's talk about, I mean, you laid out a whole lot there. So let's talk about the the problem that that this solves, right? So um, you're using the algorithmic learning to and and uh, and the technology to what drive mm -hmm. you're you're doing visual assessments of the movement patterns and help streamlining care. like what's the um, I guess what's the the value creation there for practices as they're employing wise care in the use of of treating their patients? Yeah, so, so that's a good question. We know that the physical rehabilitation is, is critical for improving the long-term clinical outcomes of patients uh, in a wide range of impairment scenarios, uh, such as uh, neurological events, cardiac events, um, acute and chronic MSK injuries. So these are the populations that, that we are treating. Uh, we know that the physical rehabilitation care today is costly, highly inefficient, has low patient adherence rates resulting in ineffective treatments. We know that hospitals, outpatient units, healthcare enterprises, and, and pretty clinics are looking for ways to better treat their patients while maintaining cost efficiency and new revenue channels. Um, we also see the rapidly raising costs of labor, the shrinking healthcare personnel workforce. You see high burnout rates uh, in this oh, domain. Yeah. Uh, while in the meantime, the demand for patients continues to raise the health system and hospitals now seeking for technological solution to, to increase this productivity and build capacity while retaining the high standard of care. So that, that's exactly as, as, you, as you said it before. 
We see that organizations are looking for quality virtual rehab and remote monitoring to complement their inpatient and ambulatory physical occupational uh, plan of care. Um, and these new technologies that they're deploying, they do require some kind of a collaborative and, and assistance from the organization and a change and modification to the practice and the regulation and activities of the of these organizations. Uh, but this is something that we are uh, at the moment doing with enterprises and organization and, and everyone sees the, the value for the patients uh, and for the organization themselves. Yeah. So essentially, if you can move either augment what's going on at, you know, outside of the clinic, augmented at home or, you know, through some kind of digital health means, remote patient monitoring or, or digital health, so they can, you know, adhere to their exercise or adhere to their programs, you're going to get better outcomes over the long term, and maybe even do it in a, a fewer number of visits, which saves, you know, the, the patient, it's, it frees up some of the capacity for the clinicians. So now they can see more people if they're having to see them less in the clinic. It just seems like a win-win all around, right? Exactly. So you summarized it very well. Um, that's exactly the, the benefit of using WiseCare. Uh, if you want to talk a bit about the solution itself, so the, the solution is built on four models. We have uh, evaluation, diagnosis, treatment, and management components to this to this tool, uh, all that uh, build the, the care cycle, actually. Uh, if you want to deep dive a bit into it, Shai will elaborate more about the technology that enables that, but if we talk about the evaluation, so that's true, the evaluation is is can be done remotely or in clinic just by using the WiseCare patient app. Uh, our okay. patented Move AI technology tracks the patient movement and provides the clinician with values of five parameters, range of motion, jerk, tremor, speed, and efficiency. So it's not just to see the patient in a video session and, and, and to guess what the condition is. It's actually knowing evidence-based tool to know exactly the patient's status. The accuracy rate of our tool is 99.7%. So it really provides the, the yeah. clinical insights. Yeah, um, and what you're doing there is you're not just getting a range of motion measurement, but by by the the jerking and you're you're essentially exactly. gauging the quality of the movement too, right? Like it doesn't matter if the person exactly. can reach overhead if they're gonna fall over doing it, right? Absolutely. It's not just a threshold but, if you reach a certain point or not. It's really the the way, the path that you did the movement. And if you try to avoid any pain or it wasn't an efficient enough. So the clinician now not just it's not just like a zoom meet as we are doing now. The clinician not just can can not only see the patient, but to, to understand exactly what the parameters of the movement are. So, and, and that was just the evaluation tool. After that, the AI-powered decision support system uh, will provide diagnosis and suggest a care protocol. The care protocol is comprised from uh, of synchronic and asynchronic treatment. The okay. asynchronic treatment is basically, as you said before, the home exercise program. The clinician choose a protocol as he can choose and he can choose the protocol by himself from a library of more than 800 exercises or to to take what the uh, platform suggested um and then the patient can do the exercises at home uh, by themselves and get a real time feedback and uh, corrective feedback and on how they did and scoring uh, on the exercises while the clinician can see everything they did while they are not with a, with a clinician so that's yeah. the asymptomatic part. The clinician just needs to choose the duration, the exercises and the duration, and that's set. The patient gets reminders. It can be done from any mobile device, iOS, Android, even the web, if the patient doesn't want to download 
We have patients from ages of 20 to 95. 90, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone can use it. We actually were surprised to see that the most adherent population is 75 years old and above. So oh yeah, yeah, because they're going to listen to what their their clinician tells them. They just have never had the the like the getting the feedback in real time as they're doing it. So they, you know, they get handed a paper or something like that at their PT clinic. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to do here, but they want yeah. to they want it here. <laughs> exactly, but there was a like a concern that their uh, the, the age will uh, will interrupt with the way that uh, they are using the the platform the, to to engage with an app to download it. Uh, to have a user when username and password and and how to uh how to to use all the functions of this uh platform and we say that that's an issue at all so we talked about the asynchronic part of the care plan and the synchronic of course includes the treatments that are being done uh, as a video session with all the clinical value in it the each customer can choose if they want to use it as a completely virtual meaning the patient is not coming in clinic at all, or they can use it as a hybrid model, which means some of the exercises and the sessions are being done in clinic and, and some of them at home. Even if even if the patient is coming in clinic, still the clinician will use the WiseCare app in clinic with a tablet or, uh, or a desktop um, to let the patient exercise and, and to get the evaluations that we have in the system. Yeah, because there's a the evaluative component, I'm assuming, uh, in the in the technology that maybe you you can do when the when the individual is at home doing a remote evaluation those um, that capability can be transferred over into the clinic where maybe the the patient is doing the exercise in the clinic and and WiseCare is still evaluating the quality of the movement pattern and giving real time feedback to the clinician and the patient correct correct and and sorry Jay. No, no, no. Um, we we all the time we mix uh, uh, assessments and exercising at the same time. Yes. So we basically use every exercise session to reevaluate, to reassess, and maybe uh, um, generate the analytics and send them to the clinician in order to adjust the program, even without the need to to meet, even if that's physically or remotely, like we just do. So so we make everything very efficient. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And as you know, Rafi, that uh, that in a clinic at a specific moment in a clinic, you'll have two or three patients at a time with one clinician. So while the clinician can let one patient to do the exercise in front of the WiseCare app and get the feedback and everything, the other patients can get the attention of the clinician. So this is why the utilization of the of the clinician is is the highest. Yeah, well, and it solves the problem, right? Of of these big um organizations they maybe they're built on their business model is based off of volume or something like that and what ends up happening is that you know you get two or three patients per clinician and they're all doing kind of these independent exercises but it doesn't feel valuable to the to the patient because they're just doing the same exercises as everybody else but it's something like this a tool like this is able to kind of provide feedback to tailor the exercise a little bit more leaves the patient i would assume with a a better experience than going into one of these these PT clinics where they're still being seen by you know two or three at a time, um, but they are just kind of independently doing their exercises on their own and hoping they're doing it correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So basically, like uh, you're getting a, a personal virtual therapist, twenty four seven and available for you anytime, any place. Just do your exercises, and and the virtual therapist will accompany you, fix you, uh, guide you how to improve send you the outcomes and and basically create the engagement and the motivation to continue to the next exercise next workout 
This is how we built the whole journey of the patient. They're starting with assessment, uh, clinician and patient, where um, during the video call, we also uh, uh, integrate our AI in order to make the assessment an assessment, not just the video call for consultation. We yeah. actually assess patient through, you know, while they're doing their video calls uh, online without the need to meet. Okay, that, that's, that's a huge breakthrough. And this is a new tool we're working on these days. Um, and then they continue their journey with their exercises, providing analytics to the clinician in order to, like they say on the military market, command and control, yeah. okay? We basically want to make our clinician case managers. Uh, we want to put them in a place where they navigate treatment and don't need to hustle and do all the work that AI can do. So we want yes. to make the Move AI, this is our technology, the assistant of the human clinician. Yeah, almost like a force multiplier, right? And then leave the clinician to do that that high value, you know, really the exactly. high level care of, okay, we're going to work you through this treatment program as opposed to being the one in there every day, adjusting the exercises and doing kind of the, um, the lower value. We, we don't, we don't want, yeah, we don't want clinician to tell the patient you're doing good or bad and, or what you need to improve. AI can do that. Okay. They have much better, uh, uh, better things to do with their time, which is limited. There is a gap between demand and supply yeah. of the clinician. There is much more demand that doesn't get any any uh, a solution for the need and AI can fill this gap. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay, so um, one of the things I noticed on your website is um, you mentioned being able to reduce the amount of treatment required by up to 20%. So um, I'm, I'm assuming you've got all the data that, that you've arrived at that, like you've, you've 10,000 patients and all the clinicians and all that, you're able to track all that. So how does that impact practices on a like an operational level like i'm assuming something like that opens up the door for like value-based arrangement discussions or increasing capacity what are some of the benefits you've noticed by being able to reduce the amount of treatment required for each patient so i think that the main point Rafi, it's not the reduction of the of the number of treatments sessions it's the how much more effective the treatment is okay so if a patient is still coming eight times to the to the clinic uh they will get better much better than how they will leave the clinic after eight sessions without the wise care tool and that's true that when we have uh, the the bundle programs and the value-based care programs where uh where a patient is post-operative and needs to get better in in 90 days and and in order to prevent resurgeries or re-hospitalization we see the great value in, in this program with our system. So um, the clinician gives the patient uh, an enormous amount of asynchronic treatments and combined with the sessions, the in-clinic sessions that, uh, that the patient is required to do as well. And, and therefore, you see that after a certain period of time, the patient will get 20% better than without wise care. Uh, you can see that we did some uh, clinical studies both with the uh, um, Cleveland Clinic, and you can see that published on our website. Uh, one of our clinical studies was published on the International Journal of Rehabilitation Research, and everything oh, can be found over the website. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool deal. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about, this is just my own curiosity now. <laughs> um, like something like this, I would assume 
when you're in the developing process, like all these AI uh, components and, and machines, these, these algorithmic learnings need to be trained on some data, right? So it sounds like now you've got, you know, 10,000 patients that are, uh, what was it, 100,000 patients and 10,000 clinicians or something like that. So large amounts of data. Um, from a standpoint of what you're doing now, like, are you using all of that data that's coming in to help make the technology better in, in future iterations? And then um, I, what, I guess that's the question, like how are you using the data now and is it gonna be used to help improve this? Like is WiseCare gonna be 10 times better in a couple of years because it's taking all this data and learning from it? For sure. <laughs> um, so what's special in WiseCare that, um, you know, today AI is very trendy. Yeah. Everybody's doing AI, even if they do AI or even they don't do AI, okay? It's the yeah, kind of word that everybody AI. use. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but down to earth, when you're dealing with patient healthcare, you have to be serious when you're using the word. Okay. Yeah. It has to be very professional, very accurate. We have been able to register our proprietary algorithm as a patent in, in all the, the world, which is something that uh, we're very proud of us. Um, so we combine different algorithm approaches. Part of them are machine learning, deep learning, all of them are even a, a, a classified as signal processing and other algorithm approaches. We do hybrid uh, um, implementation of these all to get outcomes. Okay, so the AI is a big word, but it can be like divided to, to several features of yeah. the technology. Okay, at the first stage, if you want to talk about movement uh, analysis, you have to track the movements, okay? That's the first algorithm, which is based on machine learning, okay? That's how we basically convert a video stream into a body measurement key points that we can track frame by frame, okay? That's that's the first uh, step to go. Second one is how we analyze the, uh, uh, the movements, okay? Now we have a different classification of the body and now we can analyze the movement we can also compare a movement to a required or expected movement. There's a lot of algorithms here in between that yeah. we are talking about. And this is a way at, 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 at the end to score a movement. Okay, then you can analyze the exercise and, and, and everything. Um, so, so this is one way to do exercising, monitoring, scoring in the AI uh, approach. Another way that we found that is very required and has to be part of the user journey, which is our goal, okay, is how to assess the patient. It's not about exercising, it's about what Yara mentioned uh, at the first uh, of our call, is how to characteristics the movement in a physical therapy terminology, so providing the clinician what it's needed in order to understand how well the patient is, what is the condition, basically what yeah. is point A and what is the point B that I want to lead my patient through the personalized tailor-made program that I'm going to prescribe to this patient. Yeah, that okay. is so huge. So, so many of these applications, they just give the clinicians like a list of numbers or variables or, or degrees. And unless you're really, of, really digging words. into the data, it's like, Okay, yeah, there's like a 5% variation between your right and your left. But what does that mean for the clinician? Like, what do I have to work on, right? Definitely. definitely. I, I think, I think, and that's something we learned through, through our experience, 
clinicians are very, I can say, extremely busy people. Yeah. They don't have time to explore data and all these features and everything. They need their data very, very focused and pointing to, to what they need so they can make decision. Okay. We enable them to be a decision makers, which is best for the patients. Okay. That, that's our goal. So we talked about exercising. We talked about patient tracking. We talked about assessments. Uh, there's another way to leverage our AI and data in, in a different way. Okay. We get all the data. How can we, uh, uh, like optimize exercise selections or workout selections to a given case? Maybe we can do that in an autonomous way. Okay. Maybe we can recommend clinician. What is the best program for patient A in case Z? So they can go for point A to B in the fast way and get to the best recovery. This is like uh, mostly done by a data analysis, yeah. uh, which is also like a, a very trendy today with all the machine learning approaches. And where we gain data, we can improve our recommendation for every new patient coming into a system. Okay. We gain more data. We improve our algorithm and our accuracy and our decision support system that basically recommends for workouts for different cases. Okay. That's another way. And, and even these days we are starting to point out to new approach and a new era of AI where we can become a predictive analysis of, uh, diseases and, and physical or conditions that we can track. Like yeah, exactly. We can track in advance and basically help our clinician navigate our patients to a preventive care in order to avoid getting to more severe conditions and getting them to safe zones. So there's, if I'm clear, okay, there's lots of way to use yeah. AI in the rehab uh, place. And, yeah, but I think like you mentioned, the key is one, keeping it focused for the clinician to, for it to be actionable data, right? And then for it to be accurate. <laughs> exactly, don't, don't hustle them with too much uh, data. They're gonna lose interest. And Rafi, as, as we said, we spoke before about the regulation. So today we are decision decision support system. If you want to have completely autonomous system that the patient can uh, can get evaluation and uh, the care plan should be set by the platform, we do need an FDA approval, and this is something that we are working on. So we do believe that in the future there will be some cases, the non-complex cases, that maybe the chronic pa patients and, and cases that can get use of the system and withhold the system um, just by having a clinician assigning uh, a specific care plan and then the patient can, can do everything by themselves. Yeah. So that's yeah. the future to come. Because again, yeah, you're moving away from that, that lower level uh, care and making the clinician more of the, the case manager kind of guiding the patient through a, a, a recovery journey almost instead of being the one in and out doing all the, the little stuff, right? Exactly. And we already know that payers are waiting to have this kind of feature and then to give a patient a first line of treatment, even before connecting them with a provider, with a healthcare provider, the payer will give their policyholders the ability to try and get better even before the first session with the clinician. So, so that's something that the industry is looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You can almost see it like these these areas or these clinics that have, you know, wait lists, you could say, oh, well, you know, here's the app, go on, do the assessment. It's going to give you some exercises. I know your appointment's in like 
30 days and between now and then, you know, we'll be checking in online with you. Um, and then that way, by the time you get to the clinic, you know, maybe you've had some improvement and if not, we can kind of game plan what's going on there, but at least it gives the patient almost like a head start right into the, into the rehab process. So I like it, Rafi, that uh, we are saying something in general, and then you put an example on it. So that's, that's exactly the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about kind of here near the end as we're wrapping up, tell me a little bit about the challenges that you've seen integrating something like this into a, an actual clinical practice. Like, have you found things that work or like, oh, these are common speed bumps that we want to get over? Because I think when you talk about AI and, and algorithms and technology, you either get clinicians that are like way on board, they see it as something that's going to be a force multiply for them and they're excited. And then I would think the vast majority of clinicians, just in my experience, like they don't just, just don't like change at all. <laughs> so like, what have you found being like maybe some of the challenges or objections that clinicians have when you're talking about wise care? And then what has, has been successful in getting them to implement it and use it is it a matter of them just seeing the outcomes and being like, oh, this is worth it? Or is there something um, more, uh, I don't know, uh, outlined for them to kind of walk them through, okay, I'm not sure about AI or using this tech in practice to, oh, this is actually something that's really valuable. Mm -hmm. So I think that today, I don't know any organization that doesn't use any digital tools with their patients, even yeah. if it's just a Zoom sessions and then sharing the YouTube exercises. Like So every organization today uses digital health tools. And I think that um, uh, what helps for the rapid deployment is the our ability to integrate with the EMR and then the clinician doesn't need to uh, insert all the data twice. And the fact that it is re really intuitive and the UX UI is, is simple and the patient likes it. So we don't see any hurdles from the clinicians today. I don't think that they don't care about, they're not afraid about the fact that the system, the platform will replace them one day because the demand is really so high and the complexity of cases will not change. Um, mm -hmm. But they do find it hard if they need to use two different systems, we do different inputs of data. So if it's integrated and, and easy for them to use, I think that this is the most important for the, the organizations that we are working with. Um, the, the, the organizations today, we are working with, with Mayo Clinic, for example. Um, okay. So we do need to have a champion inside the organization, someone from the IT department to help with putting it all together. This is something that uh, give a bit of a hard time for small clinics. But for enterprises, this is something that they are doing. It takes time, but when completed, they see the benefits and and, and it's working. Shai, do you see any other hurdles um, of using this? If you want to, let's uh, talk about uh, the implementation itself. So basically, uh, first I'll say even before that, that you have to know your customer or target market very well, okay? And in the rehab, even every patient needs the same system, um, the framework, okay, the, the, the place they go, the, the, the type of the clinic matters, okay? If that's yeah. like SMBs, like small clinics, they have certain requirements. If you talk about enterprises, uh, healthcare system, hospitals, they're a bit different, okay? okay? So we chose our target market, and this is more the organization and the big, big players in the market, because we think our value proposition is much higher and, and require this type of customer in order to enjoy what we deliver. Okay, that's first thing. 
Um, and, and that was a, a crucial decision we make in order to focus. We are still a startup, okay? We have lots of, lots of users and we have high prestige customers, but we are still a startup. So we have to focus on energy and focus very well. And I think we're doing very well on that approach. If we want to talk about the implementation itself, so the way we work is first we onboard the clinic and the first guys that comes into the digital digital clinic is the clinician. And the, and the clinician, they add their patient to the system. So, so that's the way we, that's the journey of, of clinician and patient yeah. in our platform. And if we can't get the engagement of the clinician, we won't get any patient to the system. We all understand we're all here to provide therapy to the patients, but there's a cycle we have to cross. So clinicians want to be professional. They have to get uh, uh, um, the, like, um, the right business model, okay? And it has to be efficient. It has to be easy. It can even be fun, okay? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I allow myself to use this word. And, and uh, we learned through the years that we have to fulfill all this triangle in order to, to get the engagement of the clinician. So the sole clinician understand they become a better healthcare provider using WiseCare, okay? Uh, we made the application seamless, self-explained, easy to use, okay? It took some time. It's not from day one. It took some time, but when you get there, you, you learn that the cycle goes smoothly and the engagement go higher and you get more and more clinician and everything works just fine. So we get the engagement and from that point, they allow themselves freely to add more patient and control their patient journey on their own without the need for any support or any special hands here. And everything works just fine. They become better. Uh, if that's a private uh, clinic, the business model works. If I'm working in the enterprise, I'm connected to insurance. There's some special billings that allow me to replace digital or, or manual, not not a real manual therapy. We can replace that, but face-to-face yeah. -face, uh, in-clinic uh, appointments with digital assessments or or uh, you know digital workouts when they do at home. So the whole wheel runs faster. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cool deal. Well. Um... We're here at the end here. If there's anything you would want someone to know about just implementing tech in healthcare or even what WiseCare can do, what, what would that be? I would say, I would say, and maybe that's a tip for competitors, okay? But um, um, <laughs> allow myself to say that. When you, when you face enterprises, there's a lot of IT requirements coming from this organization, okay? These kind of things, they nearly... You you, you you even you cannot see them in, in a small business a, a clinics. But when you face enterprises, that's part of the sales cycle. It's part of the implementation. Uh, what we found to work very well is start with a SaaS pilot, okay, like a standalone application where you focus on your uh, uh, users and you provide the value to the clinician, to the uh, rehabilitation managers, and of course to the patient. Okay, that's first uh, step. But when you find this triangle work, then at a second step, you can go start talking about uh, integration, EMR, uh, improving its cycles to fit your customer. 
so you can optimize the whole cycle and the journey of the patient to make it smoother and faster. Okay, that's it works fairly. Yeah, that's a pretty good process. Try it out, show some value, and then once that happens, then you kind of take over. <laughs> well, where, where all the setup is much more clearer what the yeah. what the customer wants. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shai, uh, Yara, thanks so much for being on the show. If people want to learn more about um, you all or connect with you or learn more about WiseCare, where can they do all of that? So, of course, you can log into our website. Uh, you can send us messages through the website or LinkedIn or any other uh, social media channel that we are on. And we'll be happy to, to get back to you. Awesome. It's and we'll link to all of that in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> wisecare.com. Okay, uh, we'll yeah. put that in the show notes. So guys, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rafi. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, talking about technology-enabled care, in specifically in physiotherapy, physical therapy, physical rehabilitation, all of that. One of the things that is interesting to me, listening back now to this conversation, is just, I think Shai made a, a point. He said it kind of in passing almost as he talked about all of the different ways that WiseCare is, has implemented different types of AI in their software. But one of the things he said is, you know, everybody's talking about AI. It's always, you know, it's at the forefront right now. You can't, ba you basically can't open up any website anywhere without hearing something about ChatGPT or artificial intelligence and how it's revolutionizing this industry or that industry or healthcare is going to be totally revolutionized by AI. One thing that's interesting, and we I've just never had this kind of discussion with somebody before, is, is just the various ways, and most clinicians, I'm, I feel like, and maybe even boots on the ground, healthcare entrepreneurs that aren't on the tech side, maybe they come from the clinical background, they did some operations, maybe they're MBA and they're rev cycle management folks. They don't, we don't really have an understanding of the actual, not just the work that goes into developing some of this artificial intelligence, but just the various components of it. You know, he rattled off in this conversation, Shai rattled off, you know, five or six different types of algorithmic learning, machine learning, deep learning, uh, signals processing, all of these types of things that all technically fall under the blanket of AI. Um, but his point about, especially in healthcare, we need to make sure that one, they're accurate, they're professionally uh, implemented, but we also need to understand how complex some of that is. And part of it for me is like, holy cow, like that, I'm even more impressed now with some of these uh, AI tools that I've had the the pleasure of working with and advising as they go to market, because I just didn't really have a true understanding of the amount of work and um, development that goes into it. I mean, obviously, I am not a coder. I am not a tech guy. I would you would not find me in the CTO role of any startup. Um, but you know, we take for granted how easily and how quickly technology is advancing and how easily it does some of this work for us. But there's a whole lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, he he was uh, shy was talking about just the to get 
the to use the the webcam or something like that to take measurements or gauge the movement quality in shoulder flexion, for example. You know, there's different algorithms for each joint and then the way they're processing the data and refining it and then testing that with all of the data points that they've, you know, trained the the algorithm on. It's just there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's one of those things that I think it's very easy um, as a non-technical person to look at a situation and be like, oh, well, AI can just do that. <laughs> but, but sometimes it's easier said than done. So it makes me even... Uh, more impressed with some of these folks that have developed tools in the, you know, AI tools in the healthcare space that are actually making improvements and verifiable, like objectively um, qualified information, the assessments and, and allowing clinicians to make decisions based off of that data and the outputs. It's just super, super cool. For me, thinking about where healthcare is going to be in the next 10 years, I'm nothing but optimistic because I get to see kind of the, the inner workings of some of these tools and platforms are just what they're able to do. And now having a little bit more of an understanding of the technology and the, the sheer amount of like computing work that's being done is exciting to me. Um, and that's, again, talking as somebody who's not a, uh, a tech you know, I'm not coding anything. I'm not an engineer. I'm not building software. I'm just a a clinician who's been on the operation side of things and the the consulting and and marketing business development side of things for a while. So it's cool to to see it uh, kind of the peek behind the curtain. Anyways, that's all I've got for this week. If you like the show, head on. I was gonna say head on over to iTunes. Don't do that. Just share the episode to somebody that you think would uh, find the show interesting. And if you've got an idea for uh, an episode or you want to, maybe you're doing something interesting in the healthcare space and you want to explore coming on the podcast and talking about it, um, shoot us an email, info, I-N-F-O, at rehabupracticesolutions.com. Or I believe if you go to either of the websites, betteroutcomes.show or rehabupracticesolutions.com and click on the link for podcast. There's a form there you can fill out to request. Um, I, I think it says like great thinkers wanted. We, we want people that are doing cool things, innovative things in healthcare with the ultimate bend of making healthcare more human. As I mentioned in the last episode, I really do think that some of the benefit of technology in being integrated in healthcare is going to mean or is going to result in us as clinicians being able to waste more time where it counts, building relationships with patients, making the human component of healthcare something that is felt and not just talked about. So anyways, if you want to come on the show or if you have an idea for the show, um, you can go to the website and, and send us a note. We'd love to explore and talk about it a little bit more. Until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.